This Bible teaching comes to you from the Apostolic Church All Nations Centre in Kennington, London. Here now is Pastor Abraham Saki with the Word of God. Good morning and praise the Lord. Let me just uh, say it's a, it's a pleasure to be able to come to share with you from the Word of the Lord. I pray that you have a, a, an encounter with the divine, the one who sits upon the throne, the one who said, all power in heaven and earth have been given unto him. Let me just paint a picture for you, my friends. I trust that um, you would give the word of the Lord your full attention in these 25 or so minutes as I shall have the privilege of speaking to you. Listen to this. Twelve men went out to recce a land. They went to recce a land or spy out a land. They came back with large grapes and the fruit of the land. Ten men said, the land is fruitful, the land is beautiful, but they are giants. They are the anarchy in the land. We are not able to possess the land. Two of the men said, no, no, come on, we are well able to possess the land. So, ten said, no, two said, yes. An 85-year-old man goes back to remind his leader of a promise made him 40 years earlier regarding land occupied by giants. He was one of the two who said, we are well able to possess the land. Incidentally, his leader was the other one who had said, uh, we are well able to uh, possess the land. A man marches all night to fulfill a covenant he had made. He had made. He marched into battle, commands the sun and the moon to stand still until the battle had been won and God heard him. This is the man, the other man who said, we are well able to possess the land. A man with a very good job, a very good job in the palace, hears of the problem back home. I use the word back home, as some of us would understand. He hears the problem, and he understands, and he feels the pain of the land. He feels that it's grace. And so he goes to the king, and he speaks to the king. He went when his face was sad. The king said, why is your face sad? Something that doesn't happen in those days. And he told the king his problems, and the king gave him access uh, to, to go. He gave him permission, and gave him letters to go to, 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 to the land of his father's. A man follows a lion into a pit on a snowy day, and he slays the lion. He ends up being the chief personal guard of, of, of the king, or the, 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 a man who later became the king, and ultimately he became commander-in-chief of the army of Israel. By now, you are sitting up, and for those of us who know our scriptures, you will know exactly who I am talking about. And that man says, there is a lion in the street. I shall be slain. There is a lion in the streets. There was no lion at all. The lion was in the, in the very fertile mind and imagination of the man who saw the lion. The ten spies who said the nation was not able to possess the land promised by God also had very fertile imaginations. This is what he said in Numbers 13.33, reading from the New King James Version. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, uh, and so we were in their sight. How does anybody know what they look in the eyes of somebody else? These guys had vivid imaginations, and some of us have vivid imaginations when it comes to getting involved in that which requires a little bit of brow sweat and, 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 and putting our back in something. What is it that makes one to seem like grasshoppers in the eyes of other people, in their own eyes? And what is it that makes a man to say, there is a lion in the, out there in a pit on a snowy day, and I shall go out there and I will slay that lion? What makes the, the difference? What is it that makes a man who has marched all night into battle, and as he's, as, 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 as he's fighting because of a covenant, the battle has not been won, and so he looks at the sun and the moon and says, you stand still until this battle is won. 
Let me permit me, my friend, to offer some reasons to you. In some of us, there's what is called the call of destiny. There's the call of destiny. If you want to know my subject, my subject is this. The adventurer in God, destiny calls. The phrase, destiny calls, was a phrase I happened to pick up just last week uh, when I was with Hugbridge. I heard the phrase that destiny calls and something rang inside of me. Destiny calls. If you are with somebody, turn around to them and smile at them and say, brother, sister, husband, wife, destiny calls. But it's more than just, uh, just as a slogan. It's something that must ring deep in our hearts. Young person, listen, destiny calls. Uh, let me just say this to you and please understand. I, I happen to like rugby a little bit. And I like when the Irish come together, when the Irish, both North and whatever, they, they come together and they sing. They say, island, island, together standing strong. Shoulder to shoulder, we answer Ireland's call. I am not asking you to answer the, the, the call of Ireland. I'm asking you to answer the call of God. Destiny calls. Brother, destiny calls. Sister, destiny calls. Christian leader, destiny calls. Destiny calls. And when destiny calls, we move away from every kind of foolishness. And we say, I charge to keep, I have one God to glorify and never dying soul to save and to fit it for the sky, to serve the present age, my calling to fulfill, all made, all my powers engage to do my master's will. Arm me with jealous care, asking thy sight to live, and O oh Lord, prepare thy servant a strict account to give. Here is a man in whose heart destiny calls. That was Charles Wesley. Destiny called. My friend, what, what? destiny is calling. No one lives forever. We hear stories of people dying, people, Christian leaders passing away. I say to myself, when all is said and done, what have you done with yourself? Brother, sister, hear this. The adventurer in the things of God, destiny does call and calls to me. So, in such people, like the, like the two said we are able to do, the one who, who follows a lion to a pit, the one who says to the, he says to the, he says to the moon and the sun, stand still, destiny calls let me just read a poem to you. Listen to this. Tis the set of the sail and not the gale. That is the um, title of the poem. Listen to this. But to every mind there openeth away and way and away. A high soul climbs the highway and the low soul gropes the low. And in between on the misty flats the mist drifts to and fro. But every man there openeth a highway and a low, and every mind decided the way his soul shall go. One ship sails east, another sails west. By the selfsame winds that blow, tis the set of the sails and not the gales that tells the way we go. Like the winds of the sea are the waves of time. As we journey along through life, tis a set of the, of, of the soul that determines the goal and not the calm or the strife. Destiny calls. When you have set your mind to do something, destiny calls and it is a set of the soul. Brother, sister, how are you doing? It is a set of the soul, the state of the mind and what you hear God saying to you. Back in the day, back, back, back in the day when I first, first became a Christian, there used to be a term that was used. It was called Comfortable Christian. They preach about comfortable Christians. Comfortable Christians were Christians who did not evangelize. Comfortable Christians were Christians who did not believe in prayer. Comfortable Christians were Christians who didn't believe in fasting. Comfortable Christians were Christians who didn't believe in tithing. They had no obligation. They, they took all that came with being a Christian and they gave nothing. They were called comfortable Christians. Have we become too comfortable, my friends? 
Too comfortable that it's drowned out the sound of the giant who is blaspheming. If you cannot hear the giant blaspheming as, as, as Goliath did, then you are too comfortable. If you cannot see the state of Christendom, oh, no, not the state of Christendom, but the state of the world, then something is wrong. In a recent study on the lazy man, yes, in our Saturday prayer meeting, we're doing the study on the lazy man. It was the lazy man who said, there's a lion in the street, I shall be slain. And in, in, in doing these studies, I came across a prayer. I was quite astonished that I'd never seen it before. It's a prayer by a chap called Francis Drake. Or, to give his proper title, Sir Francis Drake. And I wish to share some elements of his prayer with you. No, I am not going to give you a lesson in the, uh, the, the history of Sir Francis Drake. If you want to do that, there's so much of it on the internet. I didn't realize that they teach, they, they teach even at primary school level, they teach, they teach about him to the primary school children. And there's quite a, a, good, a, 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 a good lot um, on the internet. Incidentally, the, the ship in which he, 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 he sailed is not so far from here, just by uh, Sadak, Sadak, Sadak Cathedral, just near to Bermondsey. I shall say no more on the matter. So there we are. He prayed. And as, as he prayed, I listened to the prayer. I said, wow, what would make a man pray this kind of prayer? And I came out to the conclusion. I said, I asked myself the question, does the man make the prayer? Or does the prayer make the man? Now, that's something for you to think on. Does the prayer make the man or does the man make the prayer? Somewhere in between, I think there, there is something. Let me just give you a brief background of who Francis Drake was. Because if, if you know who he was, then you know who he said, uh, uh, why he prayed that prayer. Some of us, you need to know someone's background. I said, to, I said to somebody, when I hear somebody preaching, I want to hear the person's spirit first. Because everybody can stand and mouth wonderful things. Wonderful things. He's calling for peace. And you know that is, 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 is a worse offender. He makes claims or she makes claims. Whoa, 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 whoa. Physician, heal thyself. So who was Sir Francis Drake? Let me just read this to you. Sir Francis Drake was an English, English explorer. See, look, listen, he was an English explorer. He was a sea captain. He was a privateer. A privateer was somebody who had received uh, papers from the, uh, from the queen. Yeah, it was the queen then. Received papers, Elizabeth, queen, for, to go and explore lands and to bring back booty. Yes, I say booty. He was a slave trader. Yes, in the 1500s, he was a slave trader. Don't jump and say, oh, he was a, he, he was a slave trader. I will not listen to him. He was a slave trader. That was the business they were in at that particular time. He was a naval officer. He also was a politician. He moved in very high circles. Drake is best known for his circumnavigation. Circumnavigation, going round the world in one trip. I understand he was the second man to have done it. Magellan had done it 50 years earlier. He was the first British man to circumnavigate uh, the, the, the globe. This included his incursion into the Pacific Ocean until then an area of exclusive Spanish interest. You must understand that in the time that Francis Drake lived, the Spanish and the, Eng and the English were always at war. I'm talking about proper war, not, 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 not uh, bloody nose, but proper war. Have you ever heard the term the Spanish Armada? That was the time, and Francis Drake had to stand up to the Spanish, and he sent them scattering here, there, and everywhere. So that was the guy he was. We're told he was quite a, famous, quite, a, quite a famous guy. Incidentally... He died, he died, he, he was buried, he was buried at sea at the age of, I believe, 55. No, he didn't die in warfare. He died of dysentery. 
and they put him, dressed him full military, military gear, and then they buried him at sea. Now, so let me read to you the, po- the prayer. Some call it a poem. Some call it a prayer. If you go on the web, some people tell you, well, it, it's a poem of uh, this person. No, 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 no. It was Francis Drake. The people they assigned it to. For example, so it was a prayer by, uh, by, by Desmond Tutu. No, no, no. no. 15, uh, in the 1500s, Desmond Tutu had not been born. Yeah? Hear the prayer. Disturb us, Lord. When we are too well pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little, when we arrived safely because we sailed too close to the shore, disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we have lost, we have lost our thirst for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity, and in our efforts to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wider seas, where storms will show your mastery, where, losing sight of the land, we shall find the stars. We ask you to push back the horizons of our hopes and to push into the future in strength, courage, hope, and love. And he says, Amen. That was the prayer of a man. And that prayer has become a prayer that most people in this day and age are praying it. So I sit up and said, who was self-front? What would make a man to pray like that? Modern Christians don't pray this prayer. How, when was the last time you prayed and said, Lord, disturb me? Oh, no, Lord, I want to be comfortable. There is nothing wrong in wanting to be comfortable, but for a man to preach a prayer and say, Lord, disturb me, he knew what he was talking about. When you went out in those days uh, to circumnavigate the, the, the earth, you, uh, you, your life was in your hands. You were going to meet, meet, meet py- other pirates. You are going to meet, you're going to go into war, apart from the perils of the sea. He left with an expedition. His was the only ship that came back. His was the only ship that came back. So then, listen to this. I've read to you one poem, another. Call to dream the impossible dream. To dream the impossible dream. To fight the unbeatable foe. To bear with unbearable sorrow. To run where the brave dare not go. To right the unwritable wrong. To laugh pure and chaste from afar. To try when your arms are too weary. To reach the unreachable star. This is my quest. To follow that star, no matter how helpless, no matter how far, to fight for the right. Without question or pause, to be willing to march into hell and, uh, for, for heavenly cause. And I know, if I'll only be true to this glorious quest, that my heart will lay. This is called the impossible dream. It's, it's, it, com- it, it comes from a song called The Quest. I was going to sing it to you, but then I thought, no, not do it. To dream the impossible dream. To dream the impossible dream. But I said to myself, how can I pray and ask to God to dream the impossible dream when that which is possible I haven't achieved? Let me put it this way. I must first achieve the possible and then I would ask to dream the impossible dream. Disturb us, O Lord. To disturb has been defined as to interfere with the normal arrangements of functional things. When I've set my mind on doing something and then someone, something, something calls from afar and takes me off what I want to do, that's what's called disturbance. Disturbance, Lord. Can you pray that prayer? Let me, let, me, let me give you a challenge. Christian leader, Christian. Perhaps you want to dare to pray and say, Lord, disturb me. No, listen, I didn't say pray that you become a disturbance to people. Too many people have become a disturbance. That is not what we're talking about. My disturbance must come from God. It, come, it must come from God, not somebody who wants to pull me now, not somebody who, wants to, who hates me with a cruel hatred. No, no, no. Of such, I say, Lord, please keep them far away from me and from your people. But when God chooses to disturb you, oh my. When I first read this, I said, 
What kind of theology does this man have? To ask God to disturb him. It talks about God having a right to walk in, not even walk in, to break in. The word is, and God broke in. When you are sitting down all peaceful, or perhaps you are in a church, and then the Holy Ghost begins to move. Oh, we don't like this. Oh, we don't like that. Because God has come in, and God has come to disturb the status quo. Disturb us. Let me just show you a few people whom I believe that God disturbed. Gideon was minding his own business. When an angel comes and says, Hail, almighty man of God, the Lord is with you. He said, if God is with us, why, has this, why are we in this mess? This was a man who was disturbed by God. He had an angelic visitation. Moses was disturbed by God. Moses was tending his, uh, the sheep of his father-in-law when the bush began to burn. And out of the bush, the burning bush, came a sound. God disturbed Moses. He should have been left alone where he was in the media, where he was, where he was enjoying life. God disturbed him. What about Jonah? Oh, Jonah was a man who was well and truly disturbed by God. He would not want to go to Nineveh. He got angry. He was, I don't know whether it's right to be included in the, in the list of people who were disturbed back because the man was comfy. I don't want to go to Nineveh. I hate the people of Nineveh. I hate them so badly. What about Joshua in his old age? Joshua in his old age, age this is what God said to him. Now Joshua was old and advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, you are old and advanced in years. I said, Mr. God, hang on a second. What did you just say? You are old. Why don't you give me some peace to rest a little? But God says, you are old and advanced in years, and there remains yet much more land to possess. Disturb us, O God. Disturb us, O God. Disturb me, O God. Open my eyes to the things that are possible in you. Oh, my God, I say destiny calls. Ha, ha, ha. Destiny calls. And when destiny calls, I must fulfill my destiny. Somebody say, I must fulfill my destiny. Jesus Christ said, I must work the work of him who sent me while he's The night comes when no man can work. Disturb me, Lord. Disturb me, Lord. Let me see the things that are possible in you. Open my eyes. There's things that are possible. God does disturb us when he allows us to see the situation that somebody's in. Somebody needs help. Somebody needs help, and you may have to uh, fast and pray. You may have to put your money in your, uh, hand in your pocket and give him something. That is when God chooses to disturb you. God disturbs us when he calls us back into alignment because we may be going our merry way. We may be hearing something, and then we go in our merry way, and God says, no, no, Abraham, no. Destiny calls. Let this, let this phrase ring your spirit. Destiny calls. When you are involved in a venture, you say to yourself, what am I doing? Oh, destiny calls, and I must Fulfill my destiny. The zeal of my father's house has consumed me. Ha, ha, ha. May the zeal of our father's house consume us, Kennington. Before we come back to in-person service, in-person service, may the zeal for God's house consume me so that I put away my personal agenda and say, God has called us. I said to you, they think we answer Ireland's call. You know the phrase, England expects. Brother, sister, God expects. And when God expects, we must deliver. I have come to do thy will. In the volume of the book, it's written of me. Hebrews 10, 7. Then I said, behold, I have come to do thy will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. Do you hear the call of destiny? The master has, has need of me. I must answer. I'm speaking of myself. The master has need of me. I must answer. Call me away, Lord, for my wrongful satisfaction, my baseless satisfaction, my worthless satisfaction. I am underachieving. Lord, I can do better. Help me. There are more lands to be conquered. And as a pilgrim, I must make progress by moving from good to great in my journey towards authenticity to venture into wider seas. Listen to this. Ezekiel 47, 3 to 6. And when the man, and when the man went out to the east, 
with a line in his hand. He measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles. Again, he measured, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through. The water came up to my wish. Again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. Then he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and he returned me to the bank of the river. Listen, my friend, if we are going to have big fish, if you're going to catch big fish, you don't catch big fish at the shallow end of the, of, of the sea of the river. No, you go to the deep. You go into the deep. That is where you catch big fish. Big fish, which is more, more, more costly than, than meat on the land. To venture on our wider seas. What is your wider sea? That book, that must be written. That church planting venture. Beginning to attend prayer meetings. Abraham, Saki, watch it. You are upsetting somebody. Yes. Beginning to attend prayer meetings. It's too, it's, 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 it's too long for the church. Now the prayer meetings are held on Zoom. Even that is a problem. Wow. And you pray about the wider sea. Embracing a life of fasting. Supporting the church financially. I was at a prayer meeting recently, and somebody said, we asked for any, if anyone had learned a big word. One sister said, I've learned a big word. What's the big word? She said, big word was commitment. Whoa. And then she began to explain what commitment was. When people cannot hold on to things, at the slightest sight of problem, and they are gone. So she said, how committed are you? How, how, how do you do it with the meetings? And then she said, do you even support the church financially? I won't use the word tithing because people say, oh, it's Old Testament. Oh, 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 oh. Excuses, excuses, excuses. Let me say, do you support the church financially? Responding to the stirrings of God in your spirit as happened to Samson. We told that the spirit of God used to move Samson in the camp. That is when God chooses to disturb you. God, please disturb me anytime by the stirrings of your spirit in my life. As a Negro spiritual says, every time I feel the spirit moving my heart, I would pray. And I'll call upon God. Waking up to pray as the spirit leads you. In the middle of the night and then you are waking up and you cannot sleep. And God says, I have a servant of mine somewhere who needs reinforcement. I need you coming with your spiritual bazooka. I need you coming with your spiritual, I don't know what you call it. Something powerful. And God wakes you up. Oh, I'm so tired. No, 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 no. Disturb me, Lord. It means that you've got to wake up to pray. During the day you might feel sleepy. Hey, there's a, prayer to be, there's a price to be paid. That seems so forbidding. What else can you think about? I heard a phrase the other day. It said this. Those who cannot hear the music, they think that the dancer is mad. Let me say it again. Those who cannot hear the music, they think the dancer is mad. It was first attributed to an African proverb. Then it became a Chinese proverb. Then I understand that it was, a, it was something that came from Nietzsche. It doesn't matter where it comes from, but it makes a lot of sense to me. Those who do not hear the music, they think that the dancer is mad. You cannot hear what I'm dancing, what you're dancing to. Brother, sister, destiny calls. My destiny calls to me. You don't understand my destiny, so please leave me alone. Just because I'm not doing what you are doing doesn't mean that I'm off course. Do you know, can you hear what destiny has called me to? Destiny calls, friend. Christian adventurer. Destiny calls. The men before us who did, the men who did wonderful things, they were no different. They had one head, one heart, and everything just like us. But don't forget, it is, it is a set of the sail. 
What music are you dancing to? Caleb comes and says, give me this land. For I'm able. Because he knew what God has said. I'm going to finish in a moment. Listen to a man, a Christian adventurer. Psalm 18, 28-34. For you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of, of, of a deer and sets me on my high places. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms are, uh, can bend a bow of bronze. This is a man who says, destiny calls. Destiny calls. The destiny called the destiny call to something. He was called to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. Let me close with this. A challenge to you. The impossible and the number before done was not in the dictionary or the decision-making variables of Sir Francis Drake. He loved the seas. As a 15-year-old boy, he, he, he had been apprenticed to, 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 to someone, someone who, was a, who, was a, who was a sailor. Listen to this. William Carey, the man who, called, who was called the father of modern missions. He gives us a challenge. Expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. Let me say it again. Expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. There are more lands to be conquered, my friend. We've preached on that. There are more lands to be possessed. Are we willing to be disturbed by God? Do you desire to see the mastery of God? Destiny calls. Begin the life of adventures in God. Let us pray. Lord, I pray that deep in our spirits, every one of us, doesn't matter our age, 13, 14, 15, 91, whatever it is, we hear deep in our spirits that we say is destiny calls. Hallelujah. Destiny calls. Destiny calls. There's a song sung by the Irish old Danny boy. The pipes, the pipes are calling from glen to glen. I'm not asking you to, listen, I'm not an Irishman. You say twice you've called that. The pipes are calling. What music are you dancing to? Lord, change us, disturb us, change us, disturb us, change us, disturb us, change us, disturb us. Let's hear the music of God in the night watches. When we are by ourselves, let me hear the music of God that says destiny calls. And when destiny calls, I must answer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I give you praise. In your matchless name, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching. You just listened to Pastor Abraham Saki of the Apostolic Church All Nation Centre in Kennington, London. Our address is 13 Tyres Terrace, Lambeth, London, SE11 5LZ. Call us on 020-7820-9917. Find us on the web at www.apostolic-anc.org The All Nation Centre Reaching out into the community in practical and caring ways 